1: This is God's truth in action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Bill Pruitt. Today we are pleased and and, uh, glad to have with us the the director of the uh, Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty in Washington, D.C., the Reverend Dr. Greg Seltz. Greg, welcome welcome to the microphone.
0: Bill, it's great to be here with you, as always. Uh,
1: This month on uh, Engaging Truth, our uh, theme is thankfulness. Uh, one of the things that we talked about when we were putting this theme together is that so many people in their prayer lives um, work, work and concentrate on the uh, on the supplication part of prayer, but very few of them uh, really spend time on the thankful side. So, uh, right. one of the things we're really thankful for is the uh, uh, we that we live in a nation uh, that allows us uh, to practice our religion. Uh, freely. And we're thankful for organizations such as the LCRL uh, that work so hard to ensure that right uh, remains intact for us. And that's uh, that's one of the things that Greg's organization does. Greg, could you give us a little background on the LCRL?
0: Well, before I do, let me just say this. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I Will, happy to do that. But Thanksgiving is not just a response to blessings. It is a way of life. Um, you know, the scripture says rejoice always pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances that's god's will and and no matter what we do in washington uh we've still got to be the people of god who who look at life that way uh because i'm going to tell you even that view of life is under assault uh in our culture before it 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 finally comes down to politics is just that the Downstream of culture, we've got a culture of unthankfulness. Um, we've got a culture of bitterness uh, that actually is starting to look at government um, to assuage uh, our problems. And so, again, what all I do on the hill is I just try to protect the the Christians' public voice in the culture because I not only is it a, a wonderful voice for ourselves, but it's an incredible message for everybody and. It's amazing to think about, but there are people on the hill who think that the church is is a big problem in our culture and needs to be kind of expunged. And so, all we're saying is, uh, no, uh, we're we're part of this culture, and we have a role to play in this culture, and we have a public voice, not just for ourselves, but for even those who who disagree with us. We want to show that this this good news of God, uh, the moral view of the Scripture, all those things are here for them, not just for us. So that's what I do in DC. I just, I, I block so that you can serve, Uh, I use a football analogy all the time. You know, every time you watch a football game, think of this now quarterback, wide receiver, running back. They're like the evangelists. If you want to use a metaphor for church, they're like the evangelists. We want them to score, share the faith, touchdown people come to faith. That's a beautiful thing, but on every play, uh, the offensive line has to block. And I think my work in DC is that kind of work. We block so you can serve. We block so you can share.
1: Well, thanks for staying beefed up for us like that. We really, really appreciate the uh, <laughs> the, the people running the course like that. Um, we were talking about that. You're talking about the culture. The yeah. second half of the 20th century was uh, was marked with a really strong anti-Christian sort of mindset, and a uh, and it was accompanied by uh, this sort of a a move for agnostics and, and and atheists to to try to put Christians in a box and and separate them from from the government action the separation of church and state theory was misinterpreted to mean that there shouldn't be some sort of interaction between the two and i know you're a huge proponent of the uh, two kingdoms of right approach can you talk about that a little bit
0: well first of all when people say separation of church and state i i don't quibble anymore i just say oh i didn't know you were a christian and they go what You know, because now of course what you mean by what people say separation is to expunge the church from the public square no no that's not that's not uh biblical and that's not american either um but it's the different we call it the differentiation of church and state so basically that's our way of teaching that the church and the state are both god's uh entities but one is a preserving entity and the other is a saving entity and you have to differentiate their work and and moral truths kind of infuse both areas they just function differently and so you just have to differentiate understand how god preserves through his law and how god saves through his good news of the gospel and and so again when you think of these things christians are to be involved in both aspects of that life they're just supposed to differentiate and that's how what we call two kingdoms two kingdoms is just that god works in the world two ways that's all it means he works to preserve the world even, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's, but God is even at work through Caesar, not to save, but to preserve the world. That's an amazing teaching. And James Madison actually said this, that, that Martin Luther, and he was reflecting on his two kingdom teaching, was the forerunner of the Bill of Rights for that reason. So when you put the government in the basement, basically, and, and you you limit its role in your life, but you set the individual Christian The individual religious person self-governing you set them free and you give them protection from the government so that they can live their lives that was a unique thing in 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 world history they had never been done before that the government was put on the bottom and the individual citizen on the top and so again all of that is 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 because they differentiated the role of the government and the differentiated the role of faith active and love uh, in a person's life and so that's a beautiful it's a great teaching and it's given more freedom to more people uh there's no other place like america 350 million people from all over the world who still live in relative harmony find that on the planet <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. Greg,
1: you're you have served in uh, many worn many hats in your past. I know you started as a as a as a pastor in, in smaller congregations, and then moved to the being, being the voice of the uh, the Lutheran Hour broadcasts, and uh, and then now you've now you've sort of rolled into this uh, LCR. How how does a person go about preparing himself to uh, to meet these sort of challenges? Obviously, you've got a, a, a strong background in 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 your faith and Mm -hmm. also in in civics and uh and in public service as well how do do you train yourself to to well
0: You get thrown into the, well, just let you know too, I I don't know if, I guess my church in Tampa was kind of a small church, but it was 1500 members. You know, we had 45 elders. It was a pretty decent sized church and that was probably the most fun I had. And that was when I was, I thought that was going to be my role for the rest of my life. And I was looking forward to expanding our influence in the Tampa area. And God was so gracious to us. And then we got a call to New York city and i talked to my wife and I remember a, a good friend of mine said he was a radio host down in Tampa he said he's from New York he said uh, pastor people don't leave Tampa to go to New York they leave New York to come to Tampa <laughs> and uh, but I went and Part of the reason why is I just feel like our culture is uh, we're we're losing not only our culture but we're losing our faith in our big cities. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's a radical secularization in every major city in America. So I thought, well, missionary to America. That's that's kind of what I think the scripture would challenge challenge my wife and I to do. And it's there that I started getting involved with aldermen and politics because everything was so political in New York City. If you wanted to launch a ministry, you had to deal with certain things. And I began to realize that we're an empowerment people. We try to educate, strengthen families so that, you know, people can not only survive, but thrive in culture. And we pray that they'll join our church because uh, that's we're we're doing it because we're motivated by our love for God and our love for them. But I began to realize that the alderman wasn't necessarily in the empowerment business. He was more in the dependency business and so i started dealing with politics and trying to keep it at bay so we could do this ministry and i finally wrote a phd on it later about 20 years later to kingdom response you know in urban ministry so it, this was all all just to try to be a faithful pastor a faithful church in the middle of probably and, you know, then I went to L.A., New York City, L.A., in the middle of a place where people said, we we don't really want the church here. And I had to learn how to deal with that tension, um, political tension, while I was serving the neighborhood that God called me to. And frankly, it's always been a pastoral thing for me.
1: So you were you were in a, a fairly large city in the south of Tampa, which I'm, I'm, I came— from Tampa to Houston when I came here. So I would be oh, okay. the same thing. Um, what then would you say is the main difference of, and the, the cause root cause of the problems we have in our major cities nowadays? Is it a lack of involvement by the church or is it a, a lack no. of, um, cooperation between church and government themselves?
0: No, I it's, it's the, the heresy of the benevolent government is at, is nowhere more evident than in our cities the government is the final arbiter of of life itself it educates your kids it takes care of the poor it literally is supposed it, it supplants the church in every way shape or form and it uses it by confiscating people's money it is an ideology it's destroying the family. The politics of urban ministry today is anti-family. It drives men from the home. Uh, so now you basically have Larry Elder said it's the number one problem in the in the country today. It's fatherless homes, and we're doing it purposely. Is not this is not happenstance, and and so it you know again the church tries to come into these situations, but we don't you know we're competing against a juggernaut where our kids are being educated uh they're being deprived they're being all these different things and parents uh are you know actually struggling to make ends meet too in these in these major major cities and so again when we get to this uh the city is co-opted by an ideology and I'm actually a big proponent of parental choice so we can even at least bring our schools back into the city and compete against the public schools that have twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 per student. And what do we charge? What, $10,000 or $5,000 or something? You know, so it's that kind of thing where there's, a, there's an ideology in the city that is anti-family, anti-church, and pro-government in everything. And people don't understand how destructive that is. Because the government's not benevolent. It can't take the place of family. It cannot take the place of church. And if it does, it destroys everything. And I think that's what you're seeing. Um, Now, should the church be more aggressive and jump in? Yeah, but that's, I call that being a Navy SEAL for Christ. I call that running into the fire when everyone else is running away from the fire. Uh, This is not going to be an easy thing to get back into the cities because it's punitive to try.
1: Well, I think that, the government, while it has authority over funding and authority over the purse, doesn't really have the the moral authority that the church brings with it. And we, I think your 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 term, the heresy of uh, a benevolent government, is is just spot on because it it basically brings you all the the goods and services that the family used to bring without any moral authority with it, so that people are just left rudderless
0: if you will well and it removes our agents it, it the worst thing is that it removes moral agency from people so i no longer feel guilty or feel blessed when i take care of my own family uh it's like we could get into all kinds of stuff here but it's a, it's such a destructive thing because we were called to be human beings and human beings are people who love other people they love god and they love one another in his name and and the agency of that was meant to be towards family, towards community, towards church freely. Well, the opposite of that is the government does it all and it does it for you. And so we even have kids. I think this is one of the things why there's such a thanklessness in our culture today is we have people who who literally believe that they're that the stuff that they want. Is something you're supposed to give them right to food, a right to housing, a right to job, and if you don't give it to them, well, then we'll co-opt the government. We'll use the government to make sure that we get it from this thing called the state. Well, in the in our culture, the state is you and me, and and that that is actually a politics of envy. It's a politics of selfishness, and it's not going to work because it actually is misusing the power of the state. And so, you know, that's one of the problems. I know that we deal with personal unthankfulness in our culture and we got to all work against that because we can be an unthankful people too, but to to have a politics uh, of covetousness or a politics of envy, man, there can't be anything more destructive to a culture than that. And I think that's why George Washington, I think that's why they initiated Thanksgiving so that we wouldn't be that kind of people.
1: Yeah, anyone less thankful. Now, let me take a little break here and talk to the people in our listening audience about our Engaging Truth broadcast. They're presented by Evangelical Life Ministries, a registered nonprofit organization based in Cypress, Texas. All our funding uh, support comes from uh, donations and gifts from charitable foundations and listener donations. And all our on-air staff serves in a purely voluntary capacity. If you'd like to support our ministry, or request prayer contact us at evangelical life Ministries, post office box 568 cypress texas 77410 or visit our website at elmhouston.org uh, greg if you will let the people know how they can contact and and support your organization as well
0: yeah great thank you so much bill l c uh, r l freedom.org uh, go to our um, website, and there's all kinds of resources there for you. The resources are we're, we're trying to produce resources to help you engage the culture for the sake of the culture and the church and the mission of the church. And again, too, we, we are in nobody's budget. We're only in Washington because God's people continue to bless us with resources and we continue to lift up your voice. Uh, we're in Washington to protect our churches, our schools, our universities, so that you can be God's people unfettered uh, from government coercion. Uh, our pressure to the contrary so thanks for everybody's support but freedom.org.
1: all right thank you for that and uh, <laughs> we hope that all our listeners will uh will take advantage of that opportunity to support uh, your ministry and what you're doing right we were talking a little bit about thanks thankfulness earlier and uh and how uh the government is sort of uh removes the the source or the, uh, the the. the our focus on being thankful to, to God, what, what sort of strategies can we use to help foster a, a, a better uh, culture within not, not only our cities, but in our, our, our smaller towns as well?
0: Well, all I would say, first of all, this is personal. Like I said, no matter what's going on in culture, we can be a people of Thanksgiving. So that's the first thing. You know, uh, someone said it this way, because this is how these political discussions uh, are are, are broached today, because – we hear oftentimes it's oppressed people and oppressors, as if that's the only two kind of people in the world. Um, but you'll hear this one percent. You know, the one percent have everything. The one percent, and then of course we're going to use politics to take the one percent stuff so we can have it. And uh, the reality is, I think it was Jordan Peterson who said this: If you're if you live in America, you are the part no uh, the richest and poorest in America. You are all part of the one percent of humanity so we're in the one percent of the world and again to be unthankful to to be the kind of people who with all these blessings and all this opportunity and we can't find uh, a thankful spirit within our own spirit that's the first place you know be thankful in all circumstances why because God loves you and because there's a God in heaven who's who's preserving and saving the world the second thing though is I think on our politics we're looking for the government to, to do way too much for us. We're we don't want it to be, uh, we don't want it to be the agency that lives our life. I, I wrote an op-ed one time called "It's Terrible When the Refs Play the Game." Anybody who knows sports, when the referees, when the refs are making every call to the point where the players are stopped, and it's a terrible game to watch. It's a terrible game to play. So we don't want them to play the game. The constitution doesn't tell us what kind of citizen we should be. It tells us what kind of government we want. And we want a limited government so we can be free to be the kind of citizens who strive for virtue in our happiness with, you know, in our service to our neighbor. And we'll solve our problems, you know, and that's kind of the difference. That's the American uniqueness. Um, But this notion that, well, government will solve all those problems for you. You begin to realize that also fosters um, a bitterness uh, and, and it pits people against one another. And it's I think it's a misuse of all that. So I think in one sense, keep politics in its proper place. In the other sense, um, you know, you be the kind of thankful person in your personal life that can make a difference. And that's, to me, the the solution, uh, or at least the, the attitude that faces uh, the realities of the world in a way that God can get things done.
1: Seems like the political climate that we have right now is the antithesis of love one another. You've got all this balkanization, you've got all these people that are highly partisan and divided and that's not that's not what we're called to do as christians. Uh, yeah,
0: but that's also a misunderstanding of what government's supposed to do. I mean, exactly. it's it's not the government that's supposed to, we're not supposed to love one another through government. We're supposed to love one another as neighbors and through in service and care. And and so, again, you know, it, it just amazes me that when people say, well, I have a need, that the first place they think we're supposed to look is government. No, you look to yourself, you look to your family, you look to your neighborhood, you look to your church, you look to solve these problems in community. What is this looking to some magistrate as if he's supposed to love you? Um, I, You know, Caesar didn't love, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Caesar did not love the Christians of the day. <laughs> and yet we were to honor his main role, which is to, his main role is to just keep the bad guys scared and the good guys protected. That's his main role. And that's the one thing you don't see, you know, look what's happening in our cities. The, the criminals actually seem to be uh, more cared for than the average folks. But again, when we look at this stuff, where did this notion again come that we're supposed to love each other through government and yeah, we're supposed to love each other. Absolutely. And so, again, that's the challenge is to just keep the proper things in their proper place. Um, family first, church first, you know, educate yourself, uh, get a job. Those are the kind of things we have control over. You don't look to anybody else. Look to yourself. That's what that's where your agency, uh, The be, that's where the best of you can be found.
1: Well, it's and it's the uh, the worship of stuff. As yeah. opposed to worship of God. And it's, you know, what we really should be thankful for and what God's people should be thankful for are the wonderful gifts that he gives us, right. independent of the things that we are given by the government or outside sources. And once we can learn to live in a thankful manner that way, sort of a, a walking doxology, if you will, then we can be better servants and better Christians and better, actually better citizens of his kingdom
0: right and that's what i'm saying i mean I, you know it didn't want to get too off too much on the politics of things it, it begins in our own hearts you know uh where the scripture says let the peace of christ rule in your hearts and be thankful it's because of who god is it's because of our relationship to god we're reconciled to god in christ and so we can be these these people of peace even in the middle of the chaos in fact i think we're sent into this chaos for that reason even my work in washington it's not really to to just protect the church it's to actually be the voice of god's preserving and saving work learn how to differentiate that stuff why because god is the only one who can preserve and save us all and so he he allows us he allows us to be useful in his hands but we've got to be the kind of people willing to go into the chaos of these these situations because uh sinful people are definitely not going to solve their own problems and especially not with the coercive power of government as the final solution um that's and that's kind of our message so like you just said it's your heart that gets right with God first that that is the foundation to your thankfulness but we do have a culture that at one time used to be thankful even in the middle of the chaos that you know there's all, all kinds of chaos in every culture but comparatively speaking, America is probably one of the, well, it's the freest culture in the world. It's one of the most civil, one of the most humane cultures in the world, you know, compared to other cultures, uh, other states. But at the same time, uh, we were thankful in the midst of it all. And right now, with all the blessings that we have, we do not seem to have a corporate thankful spirit in our culture. And that's, that's a very sad thing, because that's really saying to God, you haven't done right by us.
1: All right, Greg, we have uh, we have raced through <laughs> almost our entire allotment of time, and, and thank you for that. We're, we've got about a minute left, and I'd like to ask you again to let people know how they can contact you and your organization, and then close us with a brief prayer.
0: Okay, again, lcrlfreedom.org. Please go to our website, and please pray with me. Dear Jesus, let our rejoicing and thankfulness be rooted in the confidence that you really care for us. You are near to us and all things are in your hands. Give us strength to put that thankfulness to work for others who need it too. In your holy name we pray, amen.
1: Greg, thank you very much. Again, our guest has been Dr. Greg Seltz of the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty in Washington, D.C. If if you're listening to us on KKHT, uh, FM. You'll find Greg's program, the Liberty Action Alert, follows us immediately uh, after this program as well. And if you're listening for a uh, podcast, you can find him uh, uh, when, anywhere you can find your podcasts. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, here on Engaging Truth, and join us again next week. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410 or visit our website at elmhouston.org or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.